I do have a heart every once in a while. You, you give me that look. Really? Yeah. What? I'm not always a, a dick. <laughs> <laughs> not always. I think I always am. You, 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 you give me a run, <laughs> run for the money. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. Okay. Okay. Trying to be more no nonsense this morning. Have you ever thought, Josh, what it's like to be inside my head? It's a scary place. Pain. Sadness. Pain. Suffering. Yes. It's hard. Yeah. It's even more difficult when you're a team member or you're a leader of a group. What do you do? How do you handle that? How do you fight to be present when you're struggling with situations that you can't control? Like dogs, right? Like there's dogs that bark. There's nothing you can do about it, but you just got to roll with it. You can't get distracted. No. Yeah. Well, you can, but... Yeah. But... It doesn't help anything. (laughs) So a while back, we did an episode about grief and dealing with things that are happening in the world and being supportive of people through all of that. This time, uh, we're going to dig into like personal things. When it's you, there's challenges at home or you have a family member that's struggling or ill and you're just distracted there's something more important than work that is splitting your mind in two i don't know what the size of the piece is but it splits your mind in two and it also affects your focus yeah and how do you how do you handle that with your teammates when you know you're not at the top of your game because you've got another thing you know like dogs that are that are pulling at your your uh, thoughts and dreams and all those things so that's the that's the topic for today. I mean, I th- I think not that I I don't want to talk about the team dynamics, and maybe I'm biased, but I remember I when I was I was divorced years ago, mm-hmm. and I was in a leadership. I probably had a group of maybe a hundred, you know, maybe sixty to a hundred people or something that reported to me. Mm-hmm. So I was in it. There was a lot of people depending on me is the way I thought about it. Mm -hmm. And and I was incredibly distracted uh, by that. And so I think as a leader, all I want to say, it's, it's hard for everyone. It's, I think it's particularly hard for a leader Mm -hmm. to go through that because so many people are are looking, I think people, I'm not anti the team perspective. I'm pro the leadership. I remember at the time, everyone, everyone wanted my A game every hour of Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. There was no, you know, even if there was sympathy or empathy, it was like I had to bring it. There was all this pressure. So here I am struggling with something mm-hmm. that's really hard. And and I felt like I was letting not just me down or my team, but like a large group of people down, et cetera. So there, I, I think the leadership dynamics are maybe a little bit tougher, but I'm not saying it's not hard in the team. Yeah. It, it's... Maybe in the scale, the scale of the dependencies is what I'm really talking about, mm-hmm. right? It could be a team, you're building a you know, a flagship product or something like that. But the scope of it can be over, you know, oppressive as well. Yeah, there's there's all of the pressures as a team member to be there 
and to help and do all of those things. But I do agree with the leadership role. There are additional eyes and expectations and, you know, a more 360 type view of you got to be on your game. So it does make it hard, but I, but I do want to make sure that we respect and talk about the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. I'm I th- all I was bringing in is a dimension of mm-hmm. maybe the visibility or something like that. Right. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Where do you want to, how do you want to start? I've got a very real situation over the past five months, been wrestling with uh, difficulty at home, marriage and things like that. I'm not going to go into any details because that's none of your business listeners, but it has me or it has had me very distracted and I really struggled with myself because I knew I wasn't 100% of who I was when I was able to dedicate my full self to a role. So there were things that I chose to do that helped, I guess. I mean, we can talk through the actions that I took, but this is something I've been thinking about recording an episode on, but like I wasn't ready. And you and I have talked about this is a thing that we wanted to cover, but I just wasn't ready. And I'm in a spot now where it's important to me to talk about this so that anybody else that is wrestling with this knows, number one, you're not alone. Right. Number two, it's hard. And number three, just some thoughts and ideas of what we've done that has helped us in various ways. And hopefully just one little bit of those can help whoever is struggling with anything. I mean, it was not weird, but it was, we've been, we've been recording the Metacast and, and we've been more infrequent of late over the last Mm -hmm. few months. It's been infrequent. Right. And I didn't know. And then when we did record it, I could tell that you were, you, and you, this isn't a surprise, but I, you know, we've talked about you were off. Mm -hmm. So I could sense that you were off in some way. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why or what, and you didn't share. And so I, 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 it didn't, it wasn't a big deal. It was just, it just felt odd to me. It Mm -hmm. was like, oh, something, you know, we're off. Yeah. So. But I could sense it, mm-hmm. right? It it was it was clear, yeah. like it was just a different pattern. Yeah. Right? We were in a different pattern. What I was relieved, not relieved. That's the wrong. I I just felt different when you disclosed because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, like that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Like I didn't know you. Yeah, it could have been anything. It could well. Actually, I was personalizing it. I was like, I pissed him off in some way, right? I was. <laughs> I was mentally. I was yeah. like. You know, I'm normally a jerk. Was I a, was I overly a jerk one day or something? And so, and I didn't talk about it. It's but you know, you reflect in different ways. Yeah. So I guess the knowing was good. Yeah. Right. Like knowing, oh, right. There's something going on. So at least it's normal, right? Or I know what's going on, and mm-hmm. then I can help. The other thing is, you know. Like I, I want to help. I, you know, knowing is like, you know, I'm there for you, mm-hmm. right? So, like, if you if you made a, so not knowing means my behavior won't change, right? Right, but knowing means you know, if you gave me a call and you said I need a beer or I need to talk, I would be there for right. you, yeah. right? So I would say the earlier, even though it's uncomfortable sometimes, the earlier people let other people know, maybe it's a few confident few in your circle. Mm-hmm. I think there's goodness in in asking not asking for help but letting people know that you're struggling the sooner you can do that the better 
the universe can respond to you. Would you buy that or? Yeah, that that's that's the first step that I took at work because I I started to feel bad that I was incapable of performing like I know I can. Yeah. And I reached the realization that going through what I've been going through, there's no way for me to be 100% work Josh like I used to be. And I had, I have two trusted folks that I've worked with and I've been open with. And one of them was my boss. And I just set up some time to talk with these two folks and I shared not a lot of details, but like, Hey, I'm really struggling and I know I'm not 100% Josh yeah. and I don't know when that will be back. Yeah. So I want you to know if you're detecting anything yeah. kind of like Bob was yeah. that here's what's going on. I'm working yeah. through it. I'm getting help, but yeah. like, I'm not going to be able to do what I normally do. And the response was fantastic. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was, okay, cool, what can we take off of your plate? Yeah. What do we need yeah. to do for you? Do you need time off? Whatever it is, we have your back. And I got there because I didn't know what the right thing to do for a leader was. And I was searching the internet all over the place, and there wasn't a ton of it. But there was like a LinkedIn learning session that was like a three-part series and I watched it and it was a woman who was going through something and she talked about, it was the night before a presentation that she was supposed to lead and something bad happened and she didn't know what to do, but she knew she couldn't do it. So she reached out to her team and said, Hey, here's what's going on. And they instantly were like, okay, we gotcha. So-and-so is yeah. going to do this. You do what you need to do yeah. and go do that. Yeah. So the, the response from people I've shared it with has been amazingly supportive. And that's one thing, just like Bob said, that I would really encourage you to do. I started with a small trusted, then I later expanded to a slightly larger trusted group. Yep. Then the last step to me was informing all of my direct reports. So all of the people that worked directly with me that I shared with them, hey, this is what's going on. If you've wondered why Josh has been yep. a little bit off yep. over the summer, here's why. I'm yep. still working through it. I'm not there, but I, it's important for me that you all know. Yep. And the same response. Yeah. It's, it goes back to, I think, one of the, you know, we've talked about it a lot in the Medicast of asking for help. And people struggle to ask for help. And then normally when you do ask for help, it's usually well-received, right? Like you get help. Mm -hmm. It's like you're you're showing vulnerability. You're showing your genuineness and things like that. It doesn't make it easy, particularly when it's a, a personal challenge. Yeah. It doesn't make it easy to ask for help. But if you, it's that same hurdle that you have to jump. I think, and and the first one is you're trusted, so you had a small group, so you were trying it. Mm -hmm. If they wouldn't have responded really well, you probably wouldn't have gone outward, right? right? Yeah. But normally, what human beings do not business colleagues, but human beings, yeah. is they usually have a heart and they usually like surround you. Right? Mm -hmm. They usually care for you. So you, I, I think that's the typical response that you should expect that kind of response, right? Yeah. Um, well, and like the, the, I, I wasn't concerned about it because the 
relationship I've built with my boss, but yep. it was, it could have been a scary situation. It was during review time. Yep. And here I am telling my, my boss like, Hey, that thing you hired me to do and are paying me to do, I can't get it all done. And I'm not sure when I'll be able to be back to my normal self. I'm going to try and get there as fast as I can, but I can't make it happen. You know? So, so depending on the relationship you have with who you report to, I understand that can be a terribly scary moment. You know what? I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you, but you don't, you test your relationship. You don't know what your relationship is until you test it. Yeah. You think it's something. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, what I'm saying is adversity is the true test of a relationship, yes. right? And so it's, you may, like a medicaster, you may think you have a crappy relationship with your boss, let's say, and something comes up. I would encourage you to talk to your boss, mm -hmm. right? You have to, I mean, it's a good idea anyway. They're going to know something is different. And and don't, don't predetermine how they're going to, they could act like an ass, or they might absolutely surprise you. This, my experience is, you know, the folks that I think may not respond well, because they're business and they're toeing the line, they actually, in adversity, they respond and they show you their heart and mm -hmm. they're there for you. So I, I, what I'm trying to say is I wouldn't have preconceived notions. Yes, you can look at your relationship, but but extend yourself, take a risk, yeah. and, and be prepared to be surprised. Yeah. I've been surprised by yeah. people, right? I thought, I didn't think they would be cruel, but I didn't think they would be very supportive. Sometimes the people that I didn't expect it from were the most supportive folks. So, and and just be prepared for that. So, it's a test of your relationships. And you may have a relationship that you think is a slam dunk, and it may not be. And you're now learning. You're like, you know, it may not be bad, but it's like, well, crap. They're not being as supportive as I thought. Well, you've now realized more about that relationship, yeah. right? Yep. So. Exactly. Where else do you want to go? One of the things that, so there's two things that I've wrestled with throughout this process. Number one, getting to a point where I could accept that there's a, there's a limit on what I can realistically give, given the situation. Yep. I've always been a person that puts things and teams on my back yeah. and says, we're going to do this. We had just been acquired by a PE firm out of Europe and there was all of this stuff happening and there were all these big events going yeah. on throughout the summer. And one of the first things that my boss said, because he knows me is like, don't feel like you have to put this all on your back. Right. Like I know that's how you work and that's why I hired you. But it's okay for you not to have to carry the load. We'll figure this out. We'll figure out yep. the right way to get through all of this. But he, even though I had gotten to the point where I, where I was comfortable saying that right. having him recognize that yep. and let me know from his side that, that like, Hey, we're good. That was another weight off of my shoulders. Oh, and we were doing a ton of high, like hiring and all, right. You've all of these things. Of yeah. Hiring, right? right. So all those things that I care about deeply, I had to be okay for the first time in my career saying I can't do it all. Yeah. And that was really hard. So you 
whoever out there is struggling, you're going to have to find a way to get yourself to a point where you can accept that reality. And just let go. Yeah, right. because otherwise you're going to crush yourself. Well, I don't, I mean, I agree. I, I remember when I was in the throes of my divorce, and this was decades ago, right? But I I couldn't focus. You said focus earlier. Mm-hmm. I'd be in meetings. I mean, I just couldn't help. It wasn't just the raw work. It was the raw work, right? Yeah. yeah. The amount of people, discussions, meetings, it was that. The thing that, you know, I struggled with the most probably was I couldn't keep my brain on track. Yeah. I couldn't keep my, you know, I'd be in the middle of a critical customer meeting and I just would get sad about my kid. I mean, when we were getting divorced, my kids were little mm-hmm. and then they moved away for a while and there was all this stuff going on and it, it just it ripped my heart out like every day. So mm-hmm. I was like, I was worried about stuff. So I couldn't, my focus was incredibly, and I'm a pretty focused guy. And I just couldn't focus on things consistently. And I would just, I would find that my mind would be wandering like a lot, which would, and, and that was hard for me. So it's the, the raw work, but it's also, I think, the focus and giving yourself the grace mm-hmm. to know that you're, I'm just, I'm going to be less focused. Yeah. So, so I would say both things. It's, it's hours or work or projects. But realize that whatever you're doing, I, and I'm looking for you to either confirm or deny. But even let's say I'm even working ten, you know, ten minutes out of every sixty minutes. Even then, I might only be focusing five minutes because mm-hmm. like my mind is elsewhere, and that changes over time. Yeah. But it's like if you had a, a parent that was ill. It's not just you know marriage. It's like illnesses, yeah. severe illnesses, and things. Things that just distract you because your heart is touching your heart and pulling mm. your heart out of the work. Yeah, I. I... It was a weird balancing act for me because I found solace in the distraction that work provided. I would agree with that. So it, so it wasn't that I couldn't work. I actually wanted to work because it would be a useful distraction for my brain to be able to put all of my mental struggles off to the side for a while and just like not think about that. And that gave me a breather and I could focus on something, but my capability to focus like I had That's for right. the duration yeah. was really where I struggled. And, you know, there were times where I couldn't keep that challenge out of my brain and I just would like get up and walk away and have to go on a walk and do all those things. So that, that it was this weird balancing act of enough work, but I knew that too much work just wasn't possible and just getting comfortable with that. I remember back then I right my wife packed up and left or something with the kids once and it was over the holidays and uh, we were down for two weeks or something. Mm -hmm. And as you were talking, so work, you know, you, you, you can't maybe fully be yourself, but work is a, safety place to yeah, yep. right having something to do mm-hmm. like what i'm talking about is i had nothing to do yeah so going through that and like being by yourself i remember like being in a room by myself oh right? yeah For, oh boy. it was yeah. freaking terrible yeah. Yeah. right like and i i was just not doing well with that so work work is something it's that it's it's sort of a, a mixed bag of you want to be there but then you know you're just not going to be yourself yeah. right yeah the second thing that I had to get comfortable with was getting help outside of work. 
and seeing a therapist. And I I had never done that before. So I had to get over a little bit of a hurdle of whatever stigma I had in my brain that prevented me from ever going and getting help. But getting that help got me into a spot where my therapist was able to help me and get to a point where she said, okay, you're really struggling. You're not going to be able to make progress until we get you some support with some medicine to where we, we can help you focus on the things that you need to focus. So she was like, we can talk for hours and hours and hours, but you're not in a mental state to where you can make progress. So working through that and talking to my doctor about everything that's going on, amazingly supportive group, just like I'm sure everybody's doctor is because doctors care, (laughs) you know, like that's what they want to do. And so getting over that and accepting that this is the only way for me to get out of this was with medical support in not only the mental side, but also the physical side of just getting that help and then getting medicines in place that could help me get closer to who I want to be and how I want to operate. That was something that I never thought I would do, but doing it was a game changer because then I finally was able to start making progress in all of the directions, both at work and at home and all of the other things. I mean, for what it's worth, I'm proud of you for doing that. I didn't. I took the old, and I'm not proud of this or I'm not unproud of it, but, you know, I had the... I was getting divorced, what, in the 80s or something? I guess late 80s, and I grew up in the, you know, I'm a boomer. Yeah. And men, I grew up in that era, and my dad, you know, men don't show weakness. Men don't cry and stuff. So I sort of sucked it up, or I tried to suck it up. Yeah. And it was was awful. So I'm I'm glad you did that. And it goes back to asking for help, Mm -hmm. like getting help in different directions, right, and not... And, and just looking at that as normal, right? Yeah, it's 100% a different time in the world where mental illness and challenges are more at the forefront. Well, thank God. Yeah. I'm actually saying thank God. It's the right, we're in the right direction. Uh, the direction wasn't right for me. I mean, yeah. I've come out of the curve, Yeah. but but it was much more painful in the curve than it mm-hmm. than it needed to be for me. So, so yeah. Yeah, so... so, so if you're struggling, if sleep is a challenge, it, that becomes like a snowball thing yep. where it just gets worse and worse and worse. Or anxiety, depression, yep. all of those things get help yep. from your doctor, from a therapist, from whoever's out there that can help. But don't wait. Don't like just get help. I've lived through that in the past few months, and that was a game changer for me just to be able to move forward, but also in getting comfortable with asking for more help because I was raised in that time when you were going through that, where that was like, you know, a lot of my family just doesn't go to the doctor, Yeah, you know? And so that's not a thing. But then I married a person who was always going to the doctor and that was the first thing. So I ended up finding my way of like, Oh, this doctor stuff is really helpful. We should, I should do more of this. Yeah. Well, I was as you were talking about like counseling and stuff. The other thing I've learned in in my coaching is nor in the coaching was there's this thing called normalization. Mm-hmm. When you're going through something, I think you feel like it's just me, 
right? Like you're not, but it's you don't you feel ostracized or you feel like it's just you or everyone else is happy or something. And what I remember oh, in the yeah. coaching and with counseling, they have a perspective of it's no. I mean, you're going through a tough time, but what what's happening to you is normal. Mm-hmm. You are not weird. You are not weak. You are not this. This is this. Yeah, this is a really hard thing. Yeah, and and that notion of normalization, I think, can help. Like like have it, and you can't normalize yourself. You need someone to normalize you with you or yeah. whatever, right? Yep. Someone who is in a position of expertise. Mm-hmm. It really helps to have someone walk you through that. And I'm sure you went through that phase as <laughs> like. Yes, you're in pain. It's okay. That's yeah. what that's what's going on. That's a normal part of this process that you're going through. Yeah, I I had no concept of how to navigate out of that. I felt like I was lost in deep dark woods yep. with no anything. Yep. And I was just like wandering the earth and I got to a point where I realized I'm not going to be able to get out of here unless I get yep. professional help by people that have that do this every day. Yep. And so that started enabling me to make the progress to where I've walked out of those woods and I have a path and all those things. So that's a, that's a, that's a tough spot that anybody that's out there, you know, I just beg you to ask for help from friends, family, doctors. Well, and, out there. and the challenge is, and I think it's right. I, although I knew something was off with Josh, it's like the quintessential, if, if someone, if a woman has gained weight, you never ever want to ask her if she's pregnant, right? It's, I'm, I'm joking a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Yeah. It's the burden is on her to tell you, yeah. otherwise you don't get step in. Even though I, I knew something was off with Josh, I don't think other people can ask you. Yeah. You have to disclose it's actually really bad like if you're in a scrum master role or a coaching role or a leadership role for you to you know ask someone if they're pregnant again i'm back yeah. to that euphemism or josh you're off your game what's going on it, it just don't do that because you don't know what the context is mm-hmm. I, I so i think the advice i'm trying to say is we always you always have to wait like i waited mm-hmm. right I, I i didn't wonder about it that much but I knew something was going yeah, on. Right. But I didn't, you know. But but then once Josh disclosed, then you get an open door. So that's the trigger. So if you're if you're in something like this, don't expect other people. You have to step up to disclose. Most of the people shouldn't be poking and prodding you and mm-hmm. for personal details. The other thing is you decide how much you exposed to other people. Yep. Josh, Josh was. It's your decision, not their decision. So, you know, he talked about having a trusted small group. You determine who's trusted. You determine the relationships. You determine how much you disclose. I always leaned towards, I never disclosed everything. It was not anyone else's business. It wasn't Mm -hmm. helpful. I disclosed enough so people could know what was going on. And I I would change that depending on the relationships. I'm just talking about the, the dynamics of discovery. Yeah. It's important... So, so it's important if you're running through any issue, you know, family issue, life issue, health issues, you, you have to, you have to be the one to instigate, and then hopefully, gosh, I hope and pray that people will respond the way you deserve. Right? Yeah, and you know, I some of the things I struggled with in talking 
to people, especially people I cared about deeply, right? Like, like Bob is like, man, I don't want to put my problems on Bob. Like, that's not, I didn't, it was hard because I felt like, Hey, here's something heavy I'm carrying. Here's some of the weight. Right. Congrats, Bob. You know, that's a, that's a difficult thing. But ultimately, as Bob has talked about, people that care and people with heart are happy is probably the wrong word, but willing to help in any way that they can. Actually, I think I'll disclose to you, it's happy. I'm so at the risk of sounding smushy. Yeah. I care about you. What? I care about you a lot. Yeah. Right. And so I'll do anything in my power to help you because mm-hmm. I care about you. And and people have different levels of caring. So I'm getting misty-eyed here, <laughs> Metacasters, but but I'm I'm being sincere. So it's I and I'm not arguing what what Josh said is what happens. You you consider it. I don't want to give the weight. All of that, but you have to decide. What I'm talking about is the other side. The people with the relationships. It's an honor to help other people. Mm-hmm. And you feel that same way yeah. in your yeah. teams, yep. right? It's just when it's us, it's hard. We don't flip it very well. Right. We don't flip, Yeah. right? We give, but we, it's harder to get. It's not yes. just asking for help. It's that flip. You'll give me help, Yeah. right? <laughs> right? You'll do anything, I, yeah. right? But when it, when it comes to sort of asking me for help, it's it. we don't flip very well. Yeah, so I... I am bringing up the things that I wrestled with in hope that we normalize a little bit, like like Bob talked about, that if if you're thinking about these things, yes, I thought about all of those same things and created hesitation within me. And then there are times where I got to the point of, why didn't I do that sooner? So if you're wrestling with those, know that that's normal and just push through and get help because it it has been consistently better after I've shared the other thing I think I want to see how you're, we're part of helping, we're like, you become a better, so giving and receiving, mm-hmm. right? It's, it. I think it makes, it's going to make you better. So, so the next time someone comes to you yeah. with a personal issue, it's not that you're going to tell them your story, mm-hmm. but it's going to make you even better than you would have been. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? More yeah. understanding, more empathetic. Yes, without a doubt. Right? It's so it it's part it's part of our life journey. If life was full of like, you know, unicorns and freaking daisies, that'd be great and money falling from heaven and stuff. But it's not. There's adversity, there's things going on. But the human condition of good people helping each other out is what gets us through that. And so the adversity, you can come out of adversity. I know this don't I'm not downplaying what yeah. you're going through but you can come out of this and not only can the we can all be better like you're gonna you're gonna be a better and you're an outstanding leader you're gonna be a more empathetic leader after this yeah if someone comes to you you may have better radar senses going mm-hmm. on etc and 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 don't ignore that i yeah. mean that's that's part of how we get better in the relationship side of it yeah i have replayed a few things in the past couple of years that have happened to team members that i now am embarrassed with how i reacted and it it you're 100% right it if that happened now versus then my reaction would be different and i love the people on my team and i support them with everything i can but somebody was going through something similar to what i'm going through and i think i could have done better yeah. and that hurts me but also it gives me fire 
so that when that happens again, I will do better. I will be more effective. The The other thing that was interesting, and my wife brought, brought this up, is that you basically should never say to someone, hey, you've lost weight or gained weight. You look great because you don't know what the reason behind that weight loss Correct. is because I dropped 20 pounds in like a week and a half. And it would have been natural and normal for people to someone of my size saying, man, you lost some weight. You look great. All of that stuff. And it's like, well, thanks. You know, I'm, I'm like losing my mind here, (laughs) you know, which is why I can't eat. So, but so things like that, that I've learned that help me be number one, a better human, but also a better leader and teammate along the way. I, I think we're, are we? Did we explore what you want to explore? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I want to take a moment. So this was hard. Yeah. You're not, your personality isn't one, but Metacasters, I want to applaud, I want you to applaud Josh for the courage for him to share what he shared with you all. And it's not about Josh. It's about you. It's about learn. So I just, I just want to thank you for the courage. Mm-hmm. I, I honor your courage. That's all I wanted to thank say. You. And Metacasters, I want you to take this we didn't i don't think we mentioned agile Mm-mm. at all so but this was probably one of the most important metacasts we've ever done so i want you to take it with that grain of salt and consider it and and think of see how it see how it touches your heart yep. so so from beautiful downtown Cary, north carolina yeah. i'm bob galen and i'm josh anderson shake and bake take care y'all